In our culture, everything is based on success. But what is success? Who defined it? Who decided that success was the goal instead of fulfillment? What happens if we shake up that definition? What if we make our own definition of success? My name is Tony Grebmeyer, and on this podcast, I'm going to dig deep into the real stories behind success. Join me as I interview other entrepreneurs who've climbed up Success Mountain and have come back down to share their stories so you can succeed. If you're ready to join a community of other entrepreneurs redefining success and finding fulfillment, go to BeFulfilledLife.com and join the community. Now, let's dive into today's show. Welcome to Be Fulfilled and the real stories behind success. Today, we're going to be talking about purpose, how to overcome any obstacles you face, and how to find opportunity in amongst chaos. Um, I'm excited to be here and be your host today. My name is Tony Grebmeyer. Uh, We get the pleasure of talking to somebody who's built and sold some businesses along the way, like eight-figure companies. He's an advisor, an investor, an equity holder in companies across a variety of industries. Health is one of them, medical, digital advertising, legal, and real estate was uh, introduced from a mutual friend, Amber Spears. Be sure to catch that episode too. Uh, It's been featured in financial periodicals such as Bloomberg, Success Magazine, Entrepreneur as a top entrepreneur of our time and is a best-selling author and host of the Built to Grow podcast. Please welcome to the show today's special guest, Chris Guerrero. Hey, thank you so much, Tony. I'm glad to be here. Well, hey, first and foremost, um, how are you, man? How are you doing? I am wonderful. I am, uh, I'm at, wonderful. I mean, we are, um, we're, we're having a lot of fun right now in business. Um, I'm looking forward to today's a Friday. So I'm, you know, really looking forward to two days, just hanging out with my kids and we're having wonderful weather over here right now. So we're going to be outside playing for the rest of the weekend. So it's been a great week and I'm going to end it really good with two days of play. <laughs> What is, well, that's great. I think that's perfect. Cause I, I love, I love when people say, you know, I got to hang with my family. I think we, everybody puts their head down and works so hard. And if you're, you're fortunate enough to have a family and you've been blessed in that way, what does fun look like to you? Like, you know, you have a piece of property. That's awesome. But like, what does fun with your kids look like? Well, I don't even know. I, fun for me with my kids is spending time with my kids. I've got a, uh, you know, a 13 year old girl and a 16 year old boy, almost 17. So there's such diverse personalities that every time we're together is it, there's, there's different things that come up. So whether it's, uh, you know, right now we're in the middle of this, you know, um, I don't know what you want to call it, but quasi quarantine with COVID. So uh, we're going to be driving around, you know, just to get out. We're going to be hanging out. We'll talk. We'll do everything from drive around to sit at home and play cards and talk and have fun. So it'll, it'll be, oh, then we'll definitely be outside doing stuff. I don't know. You know what? It's conversations I believe that I remember the most from, from all of our time together. Um, it's conversation and experiences. So that's it. Those are the two things how, I look forward how to. How cool is that, right? Like um, both of my, my boys um, are grown up and, and for more or less, they're, they're out of the house. My, my freshman and from college came home because school is basically saying, Hey, leave, leave our campus, go home. Um, (laughs) how cool is it though? Like in this day and age to have this much quality time with your kids, because my parents were gone. They were working all the time. They were, when I grew up, 
Uh, my mom worked three jobs to put food on the table for my sister and myself. So I don't remember having my parents home or my mom home for that. So what, what's the conversation? Let's flip it and then we'll get into a conversation about you and your show and everything that you're up yeah, to. Yeah. What's the conversations just been around like the dinner table for you and your two kids? Um, you know what? I'm, I'm going to take a step back and I'm going to say something about what you just said first, and then I'll answer that question. The, uh, I, I'm very fortunate. You know, we, I was just having this conversation with a buddy of mine on my board of directors and, and, and you know, he's experiencing this amazing amount of new time with his family, doesn't know how to handle it, what is up and down. It's great. It's crazy. It's great. It's crazy. You know, uh, back in 2004, I sold, I, I purposely sold the company that I had at the time because I wanted to spend a couple of years at home when my kids were being born so that I could be there for the first several years of their life and still developing companies, still doing everything that I'm doing, but having a lot of home time and not having this kind of company that I had to drive an hour to get to the main office and blah, blah, blah. So I'm very fortunate that my life has been like this, where I have quality time with my kids on a regular basis. So the kind of conversations that we have around the dinner table or the breakfast table or anything else is the same as always, other than now we're talking about their desire to, or I should say the fact that they're missing their friends. Mm -hmm. You know, that's, this is the first time in any of our lives where they have not been able to go out with their friends. So they're learning how to do things a lot more digitally. So it focuses around how they're handling that kind of stuff, but it's also getting much deeper because they, you know, they, they are spending a lot of time on their digital device so that, because that's their only connection with their friends, but, it's opening up so many interesting conversations with us and it might be me greedily guiding the conversation in those directions. Cause I want to be part of that, <laughs> but, uh, but so be it, if that's what it is. No, I think it's uh, it's beautiful and I appreciate you sharing it. You know, I think it's different for everybody, but I still think it's the same, which is um, for the first time in my life in your lifetime, have we seen, our world all kind of have something going on the same. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you're right. And everybody pivots and adjusts and, you know, Jim Rohn's quote, you know, the set of the sale, everybody gets this opportunity to kind of do it differently. Have you noticed any big changes for you personally during this time of reflection time of maybe conversations being a little deeper with your kids and business? Have you just, have you seen growth happen for you maybe that you wouldn't normally have seen because of opportunities have come up? I see focuses changing and growth within those focuses. So for example, um, um, I am involved in brick and mortar businesses, uh, you know, companies where we have uh, physical office space where people go to the office. And I'm also involved with companies that are mostly virtual. Um, and the companies that are brick and mortar, um, those people are obviously home. So there's this transition and there's this change in culture that we are, um, we're really focused so much on making sure that there's always a connection and, and a, not a breach in our culture, even though people are not in the office together and having daily meetings face-to-face -face and then chatting after the meetings. So we're doing a lot of things around that. So I have noticed a lot of change and it's all positive change. In fact, there is a, one of our, one of our entities, I am pretty sure we may not be going back to office space after this. They, everybody is doing so wonderfully and we have made the transition so well from a culture standpoint as well as a productivity standpoint, meaning that you know, productivity is increasing still, revenue is still increasing still, 
yet culture is not breaking, which is such a key component, I believe, because every one of our organizations is built on relationships, whether it's relationships with our team, with our prospects, with our, with our uh, uh, customers, with our partners, with anybody. And my biggest fear, I think, when we entered into this whole thing was that the relationships were going to be injured, or they're not. What did you, what do you remember or recall that you were saying to yourself and maybe then vocalizing to your team and everybody about this, this shift that everybody's experiencing? Do you, can you take me back kind of like for us, I came back on the 10th from Europe. I was gone for two weeks. So I was in four different countries, six different planes. I came home to a whole different world, right? I was in Europe. So I'm talking, you know, I was in London, I was in Bucharest, Romania, I was in Paris and I was in Ireland. And so when I came home, everybody looked at me like I was a freak of nature. Like, what the heck are you doing back in the office? Like, haven't you heard of this thing called quarantine? You just came from another country. You should be. You know? <laughs> so it took me a moment to wrap my head around the axle. I'm like, well, I got to lead this company. So what do leaders do? How did you find the words of wisdom that you were able to instruct to have this core doing so well right now with the conversation of maybe not going back? Yeah, you know, I, I believe I gently nudged the conversation, but I allowed everybody else to guide the conversation. And I think that was our, that was our strength to be able to um, keep people positive yet, yet bring out of them the answers to how are we going to continue to service our, our prospects, our audience, our customers in a greater way. Like what are the, how can we use this as a catalyst to to grow. What are we going to need technologically or in our message? How are we going to reframe things to make sure that everybody knows that no matter what's going on, we're going to be there with them. This is not a break. This is something that we're going to use as a catalyst. And the, and the concepts that we've gotten from everybody inside the organization, this is not just leadership teams, Tony. This is, this is everybody from, from C-level to leadership team to, you know, to, to customer service and to everybody because the, some of the greatest ideas to keep relationships strong came from an idea that started with one person and then circulated around a team and became a powerful idea and then got shared in one of our other team meetings with another company and then got shared with another and then it just kind of morphed into hey these are the things that we're going to keep in mind and it was really just basic stuff there was nothing grandiose but it was a feeling that everybody had that felt like hey there are people who are going to be laid off and it's not going to be in our company. We're going to fight to make sure that we continue to over-service people to the point where we don't have the kind of a problem where we're going to have to let anybody go. And it was great. I mean, you mentioned some really big things that are very basic, but yet also I love the focus. I love that because I think uh, amongst chaos and noise, right? Like there's a fight or flight mechanism that kicks in, right? And everybody's like, what the heck to do? Stay. Just stay where you're at for a moment. Take a deep breath. Like, yeah. All right. You you said from the very beginning, hey, we're going to run an organization and we're not going to focus on the layoffs. We're going to focus on what can we do to keep our people and keep growing, right? So, you know, not everybody gets to be fortunate. I, I run a logistics and fulfillment company and we've been able to have a massive higher influx due to the simple fact that we're in a business that, um, you know, people are needing supplies, essential uh, stuff, and we've been able to deliver. However, not everybody's so fortunate. Yeah. So we focused on what could we do? Who do you know? How can we help? And so you instantly got into what I call it service work. You instantly were able to say like, hey, we're going to put something positive out there. And then you talked about, 
you know, being the change is being the catalyst. So you you started the conversation and allowed leadership to take over, and then you allowed the company and the conversations to really morph into basic stuff, but really you displayed leadership. And that, that I just want to commend you for that because not a lot of people can do that. And if you look at what we're seeing in our economy, it's scary out there for a lot of individuals. People who are listening to this podcast right now are like, you know, where do I find my hope? Where's my inspiration? Where's the next step that I need to move? And you know, you're a gentleman who, you know, have had four eight-figure companies. You know, you're an advisor, so you're on the front lines. You, you're an investor, so you see opportunities. Um, and you, you're an equity holder in, in a lot of different companies. So what are some of the things that you're hearing or conversations people are coming to you to have right now? What are some of the things you maybe you could share from the frontline experiences you're seeing? From a customer standpoint or yeah. from, a, from a team? Yeah. Um, well, listen, I think everything is coming back at this point. I think everybody is getting a little bit upset with this closeness that they're feeling and they want to get out there and do things again. And uh, so, so I'm grateful for that. I'm a little fearful of people just jumping into anything, but I know that they are grateful that we planted our roots a lot deeper during this time. Um, and I am hearing a lot from our customer support departments about more different people coming to us because we are more focused on relationships than we are about revenue. And that I'm not saying that to make it sound like our company is better in any way, shape or form. It's just what we chose to focus on. And I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you a story. However, uh, I'm going to get goosebumps when I tell you this, you know, you and I have been in business long enough to remember several times where we had major national issues going on. Right. I remember when I was in the health club industry, when 9-11 happened, I was driving into the office and, I, and before we started recording, I told you that when I was in that industry, like my office was in the back of the building. I didn't even walk in the front door. I walked in this back door. So I walk in this back door, I go into my office and the first thing I see is all my, my security screens in, that I had in my office and there was nobody at the front desk. And I freaking was like, what the heck is going on? You know, it's like, whatever it was, eight o'clock in the morning. So we were open for several hours at that point. There should have been several staff members there. So I start, I go out of my office. I walk down the hallway to go into the actual club area so I could see the front desk. Nobody's there. Everybody is standing in the cardio area, watching the TVs where we have all the TV monitors. And I, I walked over to the manager and I'm like, what the heck is going on? She goes, well, haven't you been watching this? And I looked over at the TV and I see a plane flying into the trade center. Which, which I thought they were watching a movie. I had no idea what was going on. And they explained it to me. Now, here's, here's what ended up happening um, because I had a club out in Manhattan as well. So we lost a tremendous number of friends and, and, and people that I knew for many, many years because I, uh, you know, I, I used to go and hang out in all my clubs uh, and I made friends with so many people. But what we ended up doing in all the clubs at that point was we, um, we expanded our cafe area and we added more tables and chairs and, and we, uh, we made sure that every single member knew that anytime you need to come in here, any friends, you have, uh, any friends that you have that want to come in here, want a place to gather, you come in, uh, there's free coffee all the time. As long as we're open, we open from uh, 6 a.m. in most of those clubs to 11 p.m. Any time of day, you just want to meet in here you know, here's, everybody gets a, a coupon every single day so that they could get muffins or whatever it was just to sit there and not have to worry about anything but being a community. And what I found was there were so many people utilizing our clubs as a place to just 
grieve and talk and meet that that those relationships that were built in there was staggeringly powerful for me to see and that's exactly what i believe is happening right now i think a lot of people created much stronger relationships the right mindset in business was to give it was to connect it doesn't make a difference if you're giving information and you're helping whatever or or if you're able to give discounts and products or whatever it is to help people so that there wasn't this fear because there was so much fear but um anyway i think uh i think that was a long way around your answer but that's what i'm seeing you know i don't think there is a long-winded way around a connection and community i think those are things that you know you shared something you know very touching about you know, 9-11, I, I remember where I was. Uh, I used to play basketball every morning uh, when I lived in California. And a dear friend of mine who I used to play basketball with didn't get to really know until um, 2002. He told me he was like, I think on the 43rd or 44th, uh, I think it was Tower 2, and he heard Tower 1 had been hit. And uh, they said, you know, stay in your seat, just stay where you're at. And I'm, it was one level basically below his, his level, was where the plane hit in his tower. He grabbed his keys and ran and he went yeah. down the stairs before anybody. Right. And he, he remembers and he, and he, he often felt guilty that he didn't help anybody on the way down. Yeah. You know what, right now, man, I think people um, don't necessarily know how to respond still there's, right. there's in us is a survival mechanism and it's activated, right? We first want to take care of ourselves. He always said, you know, like wanting to go back up and help. And I think that's what you're finding with a lot of people. At first, it was pure, like, how do I protect myself? I need all the food. Let me get all the toilet paper. Let me get all everything that I need, right? So that panic kind of shifted. And now all the store shelves are working and there's new procedures and things in play. But what I, I really want to spend my time with you today, Chris, is, you know, I, I got a chance to listen to you at ClickBank's uh, Platinum Summit in Mexico. And I just listened to a dynamic storyteller, somebody who has done a lot in business and life, Love hearing about your kids. I mean, that's the coolest thing for me. You throw all the money to the side. You get quality time with your kids. The, the impressionable stage, when you were telling me about your son at 16, I'm like, has he asked you for the car keys yet? Does he have his driver's permit? You know, <laughs> is, he, is he wanting to go out? Because you're then talking about driving. And I'm like, those are the things, right? Like one of the things when I decided to launch my Be Fulfilled podcast, everybody I, I interview has had their hand in making money or losing money, right? Like I, that was a pretty Captain Obvious for me. But what really I want to know is what kind of makes you uniquely you. And that's the story that I think anybody listening today says, you know, all right, here's a successful businessman, an entrepreneur, a father. You know, what makes, what makes Chris so passionate about what he does and, and your purpose? What, are, what drives you at the end of the day? I, I could tell you the, the goofy storybook version because I, I, I think that's what drives me. Um, Obviously, my children are my driving force. They are, they are my, my recharge, my battery. They're everything. You know, I got into business, um, geez, uh, a long time ago without embarrassing myself and giving, you know, ages away. You look like uh, I, so What's that? You look 21. You're totally fine. Don't worry about yeah. it. Yeah, I am way more than, I'm more than twice that, but I appreciate that. So uh, I started as a personal trainer and the, and when I was a personal trainer, I had this goal of helping the greatest number of people possible to achieve their health goals. And, and that drove me to, while I was sitting in one of my classes in college, it drove me to create a, a, a flyer and, and, a, um, and a business card and a little business plan, although I didn't know what the heck a business plan was back then. And I ended up turning this 
one person show into a personal training company, which had uh, almost 150 trainers up and down the East coast and um, within a very short period of time. And then from there, um, which made me so happy because I was, instead of just helping a few people, I was able to help hundreds of people. And then from there, I learned my very first lesson in business, which was, Hey, if you work just with independent contractors, it's very difficult to maintain clients, right? So they will take them unless you really are, are good at what you do. And I was not very good at this at that time. So, uh, so I moved from that into the health club industry and I had now, now I had employees and I went from being able to help a few hundred people now to a few thousand people, which was wonderful. Right. And then several health clubs. And that was, tens of thousands of people. And then my first book came out and that was, you know, able to help millions of people. And I got turned into a TV show and it was grew more and more and more. And then I got into, you know, when I sold that, those clubs, um, one of the first moves I made financially was to get into a venture capital uh, company. I became a partner in there. And from there I was able, I got access to multiple other companies that I was able to grow. And now, you know, my goal now is still the same. It's the same driver for every single company to help the greatest number of people possible. But instead of focusing on health, I'm focusing on entrepreneurs and helping honest, ethical, moral, legal, great entrepreneurs, people who are hugely driven to grow good companies to help them to reach out and grow their brands as well inside of our consulting firm, which is only one day a week. You know, that's Wednesday. Every other day of the week, I'm focused on my companies, but on Wednesday, I'm hope um, that's the day that I advise other companies. So that's a driver and gets me juiced and jazzed and excited. You know, I could sit here all day and just listen to you because I think you're just full of, of, you know, the right wisdom that I think anybody who's kind of like trying to find their place in life too a little bit is, um, you know, life experiences. So many people shun from what they've gone through and they don't, they don't draw from it, right? They don't, they don't look at it and say, hey, I got through it. How do I get through this? Because um, nobody I know has ever been through this before, as we were talking about earlier. And, and so it's, it's kind of a changing landscape. And the news that, you know, we were first hearing is 48 hours old by the time we really are paying attention to it. <laughs> what I want to do is I want to take a quick break. I want to remind everybody, um, you know, make sure like during the break that, you know, you write down Chris Guerrero's name. You go subscribe to the Built to Grow podcast. I want to talk about that when we come back. I want to talk about investing strategies, maybe some ideas that you have for our changing landscape and our economy. You're full of uh, knowledge, so I want to make sure we tap into that. But the thing I, I really kind of want to know as we go to break is, what is your definition of success? Uh, my definition of success is um, being able to enjoy fun, unique experiences, developing amazing memories, building something or being part of something that I'm proud of having a legacy and helping others. So if it, if it fits those, you know, however many things that was five, five things or so I'm happy. And that's what I consider success experiences, memories, something I'm proud of a legacy and helping others. I love it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is Chris Guerrero. We're going to take a quick break on the beef Fulfilled podcast show. When we come back, we're going to dive more into this genius we have on the line with us today. So stick around and uh, we'll be right back on the beef Fulfilled podcast show. Are you ready to break the mold? You know, so many people seem stuck in society, but you're not one of them. If you were, you wouldn't be listening to this. And I know for a fact that right here, right now, inside you, there's greatness. And a great way to help bring that out is the 12-week journey to fulfillment. So head over to BeFulfilledJournal.com and use the coupon code PODCAST and you get a special rate on us. It's our way to say thanks for listening. As well, there's access to a private community of entrepreneurs ready to support you 
and your business. That's BeFulfilledJournal.com. We are back on the Be Fulfilled Podcast Show. My name is Tony Grebmeyer, and I get the opportunity today to chat with Chris Guerrero. And I told you before the break, you got to make sure you download his podcast, Built to Grow. I want to talk a little bit about that, Chris, today. I yep. think podcasting is a, just an amazing medium and a platform. Where'd the idea for you to start podcasting come from? Well, I just, uh, you know, we, we were sitting here in the office one day trying to figure out how we reach out and touch more people. And, and it, is, it is increasingly difficult to do that unless you are on social media. And I have spent the great majority of my life never being on social media. Yeah, you were so, the guy in the back of the building, right? You were in the front. <laughs> What's it like now in front? Uh, it's wonderful. I mean, I, I, I love it. I like the comments that we get. I like, um, um, I, I love the questions that we get. Um, I love being able to, you know, once a week we sit down and we film a bunch of videos and, uh, and I love just being able to talk about stuff that I'm passionate about. So, you know, you, uh, you know, you saw me at an event where I prepped very little for, I literally went there thinking I'm going to go here and just talk and have a lot of fun. And I put a bunch of slides together probably the night before, maybe two nights before, fixed them on the plane ride there, and then just got up there and talked. And I talked about something that I was passionate about. So I enjoy that kind of stuff. So being able to have a venue to do that and and be able to give content and value to our target audience, right? So you and I were talking earlier, my target audience is is not huge, right? It, It is people who are growing companies. It's not everybody in the world. So... Uh, my target audience speaks about growing revenue, growing profit, things like that. So that's the vocabulary that they use, right? Scaling companies, uh, building leadership teams, that kind of thing. Not everybody cares about that kind of stuff, but, but I'm having a blast just downloading more and more content about that to the internet. Hey, you know what? People like you exist for a specific reason because there are those, those specific types are like, hey, you know what? How do I make more money? How do I be more profitable? How do I build a business that's scalable? How do I build a business that's going to sell one day? We'll yeah. do it like by watching somebody like yourself who's done it multiple times, who is teaching leadership. And, and, and really for me, you're like the masterclass that I want. You should get into the masterclass world because that's where I'm learning right now um, in my morning walks. I call them walks with God. I put on a masterclass after I listen to God for a while and then I get still enough to hear the genius of like a Steve Martin or a Bob Iger or yeah. Howard Schultz, you know, like speak because I'm awake and I'm, I'm ready. So your words of wisdom, you know, that's where I see it. Right. You know, so uh, I'm so glad to hear that you're putting out content because people like me exist, business owners that, hey, you know, how do I do this? I've never done this before. And we get to tap into your genius and we get to start. Wow. Chris told me I should try this. And then I silently take what Chris did and I go and do it in my company. And I'm like, wow, that worked. So I want to listen more and consume. So yeah. you were talking prior to the show, you know, being in the back and now kind of moving into the front. Uh, is it awkward or does it feel natural for you? No, it's hundred percent natural. I mean, I, I feel like I've lost out on years by not, by not, um, you know, putting, putting myself in front of the brand you know, because there's, you know, there's a value in the model where you are simply building a company to sell. And when you build a company to sell, one of the easiest things to do is to build a brand as opposed to build a personality. But I think the number of people that you could affect in a positive way when you have a personality company is really staggeringly high. And we're seeing so much more of that. So I'm excited about that. I'm really excited about it. 
Well, man, Chris, I just got to say, it's been an honor to have you here. And thanks to Amber Spears for getting us connected. Mm -hmm. Um, So Amber's going to listen to this because, you know, she's going to listen to somebody that she she loves. What is something that you have learned about Amber working with her dynamically over these years? That's a that's a hysterical question. I tell her this all the time. Um, I met her a long time ago. I, 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 I stopped into a friend's mastermind to speak a little bit. And, and I ended up just kind of hanging out there, doing, doing my thing and then leaving. And Amber followed, you know, she, she jumped in her car and we drove around because I had a friend who was opening up a restaurant. This was out in LA, uh, opening up a restaurant that night. So we went there to see that. So she came with us and we ended up just kind of hitting it off and being friends. And then shortly after that, she started working with me on a project inside of one of my companies, just managing a small project for us. And her, her transformation, she was just so eager to grow at that point. It was amazing. And then from there, she went out and she got into a business of her own. And I watched her grow from there. And then she got into the company that she is in right now. And I watched her grow f- from there. And it has been tremendous to 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 see the transformation in anybody but amber is just because i talk to her on a regular basis she's just it's just um it's like a shining light when it comes to the transformation and so she is in club 28 which is uh, our advisory program and we are also partnering on starting a company uh, another company just of her and i um we're going to be inking the deals over the next couple of years uh, next couple of days so Wow. You know, that's been a tra- major transformation from somebody who just kind of wanted to get their feet wet to somebody who years and years later, now we're partnering on something and I'm honored. You never, you never know what the opportunity brings. So, you know, when you get the opportunity, make sure you bring everything you've got. So Chris, you know, we talk for hours, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to put you in what I love to call the fulfillment round. I do run a fulfillment company, so I, I tie it in nicely with the fulfillment round. A bunch of questions. They have no right or wrongs. They're just fun for us. It's the people who like you, know you, and who don't know you get to know you a little bit better. All I need from you is your permission by saying, I am ready. I am ready, definitely. And now it's time for the fulfillment round. No phoning friend, no using the Google machine. No digging into storage for the Encyclopedia Britannicus. And I promise, Tony won't make you cry. And if you don't know the answer, just make it up. The Fulfillment Round brought to you by ShipOffers.com for all your product and fulfillment needs. Now, Tony, you ready to ask some questions? All right. You talked about New Jersey being out kind of a little bit from the city life. Um, So I'm assuming you have some animals on your property? Uh, No, we did. Uh, You know, we have um, six acres. and, um, And I have a neighbor who has a horse. I've got other neighbors who have beautiful show cows. Uh, so I get a chance to, when I'm at my home office, look out over the pastures and see all, all of these things out there um, without the headache of me having to actually take care of them. <laughs> and yet my neighbor's horse, which I was telling you earlier uh, before we turned the recording on, got loose the other day. It's the second time and just comes and gallops through our property. And I love it to see that. It's just amazing. It reminds me in uh, Top Gun, they're making number two right now when uh, he would request permission to do a flyby. Now you have horses galloping through your property. I like it. Um, favorite board game you've played while kind of in the self-imposed uh, quarantine? Um, you know what? We play a lot of cards, my kids and I. Uh, but there's only one board game we've played. Uh, and it was um, the, 
it was a rich dad, poor dad board game. And I forget the exact Baba Kiyosaki. Name. Yeah. 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 I forget the exact name of it. It was cash, cash, something or another, yeah. but it's cash quadrant. No, I'm not. I... No, no. Anyway, it's the rich dad, poor dad board game. And, um, and it was fun because I got a chance to see how my kids interacted with a, with a flow chart, with a profit and loss statement and things like that, which are built into this game. Yeah, it's just cash flow, the board game. That's what it is. I love that. What are um, some of your favorite uh, people that you call upon, like mentors, maybe past or present, that, you, 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 that you're their go-to? Like, you know, hey, for me, I, my, most of my mentors are gone, but I have great tapes of them and books and things they've left. Like, who are some of your mentors? So I'll, I'll tell you, um, a lot of my mentors are either gone or aging out. Um, Bob Proctor is a, uh, is, is a staple inside of my life. I, I had to put two credit cards together to get into his first seminar. And, and it was a very difficult experience. And uh, I mean, I read his book first and then I called his company and they told and I said, I want to hire this guy. How do you, how do you hire Bob? <laughs> and they're like, you can't afford Bob, but you can afford to get into his program probably. So it was like 3000 and something dollars. And I had to put two credit cards together and I still talk to him about it to this day. But, um, but I spent several years inside of his programs and it just was helpful because it was a mindset shift for me, which was what I needed at the time. It was, it was getting rid of the lack and limitation kind of a mindset that most people in business uh, have. And then we flopped over to Bob becoming a friend of mine and we would text back and forth. And for a couple more years, I would keep him up to date on all the things that I was building. And then when I sold my company, I kept him up to date and and he asked me to then speak on one of his stages, and that was tremendous. And then Bob became a client of mine in Club 28, which was a tremendous change for me. And, uh, and then several people who work with him right now were clients of mine and then you know, got absorbed into his company from there. So it's been a major, it's been a great relationship where we've both been mentors to each other in different ways, right? He is, without a doubt, one of my mentors. But I'll tell you, uh, Dennis Waitley was a big mentor of mine also. And Dennis and I spoke on stage one time together and he was a mentor of mine, not because of the things that he said or taught me, but because of what I learned from watching him. And I believe that I could say that about every single mentor I've ever had. Uh, Dennis, I remember we got off stage and we were standing in the auditorium and we had crowds of people who wanted to talk to both of us. Yet for the few minutes, we wanted to just talk to each other. And he came over and we were, were talking. So many people were lining up to talk to both of us. He never took his eyes off of me once, never once. People would try to take a selfie with him or with me and he never stopped 100% focused on me. And then uh, we broke off. He went to his crowd. I went to my crowd and I, I looked over him every once in a while. He gave that exact same focus to everybody else. And I learned like right then and there, that is the most important lesson that I was put in this room to learn. Um, I had a good buddy in the, um, in the health club industry his name was John DeLorean. He invented the DeLorean, the car, and he was a member of one of my clubs. And he used to come into one of he used to come into my office, and uh, we would talk for probably thirty minutes. And then he'd go out and he'd work out for a few minutes, and then he'd come back into my office and he'd talk more, <laughs> and then he'd leave. But this guy used to think outside the box better than anybody that I ever met in my entire life. He just thought huge ideas. And he would share with me all these great ideas and that expanded my mind so amazingly well. But I've had, I've had a lot of mentors, well-known people as well as not so well-known. 
but I think the key point is when you're, when you're learning from a mentor, it's watching how they live and it's watching how they react to things more than the kind of stuff they're talking to you because their actions created their results, not their words. I love that. The funny, I was in a room once and I heard somebody shout, Bobby P, Bobby P. <laughs> Bob Proctor got all bad, but I was like, <laughs> I, one of the, my greatest memories of Bob. Um, so the guy who, who, who took my photo here in Denver, uh, Tommy, was just a photographer here. And, and one day I come in and we were talking, he was taking some headshots or something. And he goes, Hey, what do you think of Proctor Gallagher? I was like, yeah, you should totally do it. It sounds like a fun thing. And he literally basically is now Bob's like video guy, you know, in Toronto. Oh, wow. so, so Sandy he, was, was inside Sandy Gallagher was yeah. a club 28 or yeah. prior to ever meeting Bob. Yeah. That's, that's why I, like I ask people, I love to know how people get to know people. Cause it's like, yeah. you look at you, Amber was at the right place at the right time. You were at the right place trying to put two credit cards together to get into some place. It's like oh, yeah. sometimes opportunities come and you have to say, like, am I willing to play big today or I'm going to play small? And Bob always says it. Stop being an extra in your own feature film. Like stop Amazing. being the extra. Go take the lead. And, and I love what you've shared today. It's been super, super insightful. And uh, I just want to say thank you for that. Two more questions. And we'll wrap up. How would your parents describe you? <laughs> um. Blunt, uh, very driven, and very loyal. Blunt because I don't like I I don't I speak very fast and I just share what's on my mind. I I actually get upset when people don't do that. <laughs> Maybe it's from because I'm from New Jersey. I don't know, but that's the way I I have always been, and I I think that is a benefit to me, although it pulls people away from me. Um, yeah, but uh, but certainly extremely loyal and very very driven as well. Um, I I'm loyal in every one of my relationships, uh, from a business standpoint, from a personal standpoint, with my team members, and with my with my prospects, with my customers, with everybody. I believe that that's that that builds trust, and everything that I've ever done, I believe should have a foundation of building a relationship. The first part of building a relationship is building trust. So. I like that. Last question for you. It'll pull on your heartstrings. Um, what do you think your kids think you do? For a living? Uh-huh. Yeah, that's, I, I what do I think they, they think I do? Um, they know that daddy's a business person. Uh, when my son was young, he, I went to go pick him up at school one time and, uh, and I walked into the school into a hallway and some kid came over to me and said, Oh, you're, you're, you're his, you know, my son's dad. And he, he's, I said, you know, when my son came over, I said, how does that kid know me? He goes, well, you're famous because we pulled you up online and, and you're all over the place. And I said, Oh, that's interesting. So what does your teacher think I do for a living? She goes, he goes, I don't know what she thinks, but she saw your book and she saw this and that. <laughs> So uh, I don't know what they think. They know that I'm a business person. Um, I don't believe that that's a benefit because my kids, I don't think they want to be business people because they see me work really hard during the time of day that I work. And no, I appreciate it, man. Chris, it's, it's been absolutely an honor to have you here today. I think that, you know, from the very first question out the get gate, you know, out the gate, you're just... You've been just amazing to have. I love, I love your energy and excitement. I love your, your passion for wanting to help the world. One question that 
is is my opportunity to just flip it and give it to you, um, and then we'll end the show. Is what was a question or something you thought of that you thought maybe we would talk about today that we didn't? This is a chance for me to say, hey, I didn't ask this question, but this is on Chris's mind. So, Chris, you're gonna you're gonna share it, and then I'll close the show. Hmm. Um, a question that I was expecting to get asked. Um, what is? Yeah, I, I was act, I was expecting to get asked what the next thing in my life is. Uh, probably because you know I get that asked that a lot. Uh, we did cover that though. It, it really is growing our brand socially so that we could give we could give assistance and help without a being there being a price tag on it so that people who do want a closer connection to us and do want to pay for something whether it's a high-end mastermind or, or or consulting or whatever it is they already know exactly what they're going to get and we've never had that before so that really is the next level for us uh, and there's that's what's on our radar so I was expecting that question, but you and did. Where, where do people find out about you? Where's the best way besides Google and just putting your first and last name? I mean, you, I hit that and it's like 1 million things come up. So what's the yeah. best way right now someone could connect with you? Yeah, I don't think anybody's going to actually spell my name right. So they'll, they, they won't find me maybe. <laughs> it's hysterical <laughs> when, you, when I, I say it from stage and, and nobody could ever find me. But um, I think um, uh, YouTube is probably the best place. Like that's where we, that's where I've been hanging out the most. YouTube is great. They could download a tremendous amount of information there. If they go to the website, chrisguerrero.com, then they get the opportunity to get access to the videos and get access to the transcripts and get access to, you know, some of the free reports that we've got there and see some of the companies that we work with and see, uh, learn a lot of the lessons from the companies that we work with. Outside of that, we have a, a program out there called Built to grow. It's, it's built to grow uh, review.com. And I'm a big believer inside of every one of our companies that I want to do a 360 review on me and every uh, leadership person, every leader inside of our company. I want everybody to do a 360 review. And for those of you who are not aware of what that is, it's when everybody that you know, whether family, friends, coworkers, they get the same set of questions and they will honestly give you feedback on these things. Now you have a 360 review of how other people are perceiving you. So you know how to be a better leader, but there's the next level when you're in business, businesses should be doing a 360 review. And there's very few of them even out there. So we put out, like we have one, when I go into a company as a venture capitalist, or when I go into a company as an advisor, I do a 360 review on them so that I could see the holes in there and I could see the easiest path to grow them or what's been holding them back. And we put a condensed version of the 360 review that I personally use on builttogrowreview.com. And they could go, they could fill that out. It's completely free. I highly suggest that people do it at least every six months because what's holding you back in business changes, whether it's my leadership style or the systems that I have in the company or whatever it is. And it will walk you through everything and then give you the solutions depending on where the holes are. The last page is here's your built to grow score and here's the solutions to fix them, right? So there's no, nothing to pay for in there. So that's what You know, if you, if you want a better way to end the show today, an action step, right? It's your call to action. So if you're listening today going, well, what's next? I mean, what else is Chris going to share with me? I'm like, well, look, maybe it's time you take the next level and, and, and spend time right now working on you 
and maybe find out some of those questions that you can begin to ask yourself and then get the honest reviews of others. And maybe you'll see your blind spots because, you know, as a leader, it's sometimes too hard to see our own. So that's why, you know, Chris is just talking about having a 360 review. And I, I know so much more will be available. But follow this guy, download his show, go check it out, builttogrowreview.com. You go, go do the necessary work. We'll put all of the links, everything, all the show notes, everything at tonygrubmeyer.com. I'm going to let Chris run. I got to go. But until next time, no matter where you go, no matter what you do, choose to make today the absolute best day of your life. Thanks for listening to today's show. But before you go, let me ask you a question. How would you like to be the architect of your journey in this game we call life? Take the next step now at www.tonygrubmeyer.com. Enter your details to get the first week of the Be Fulfilled Journal for free. It includes access to our private community of thousands of other entrepreneurs. It'll give you more clarity and freedom in your day. And it might just change your life forever.